How you guys doing this morning? Good. God bless you guys. Let's open up in a, some prayer. Let's close our eyes, bow our heads. Lord, we be with all the youth this morning. Will you be with them? As they're flying, Lord, this morning, as they arrive in Colorado, Lord, they may be in a different state, but that you're with them, Father God. That you never leave them and you never forsake them. And that they would come back on fire for you, Lord. And when trials start coming our way, that they know it may be for a purpose and plan different than anything they ever expected, Lord. The millennials are some of the most important people we all are, Father God. But some of the most hurting people in this generation that need you more than ever, Lord. So it starts with us. We love you. We have this message, Lord. I thank you for the opportunity. I thank you for every single person here today that they would receive this message, Lord. They'd be transformed by it. We love you. We thank you. Thank you for another day of life here on earth. And we trust you with our plans, even when your plans are different than any plan we ever expected and when they're so different and the path is so much harder to get there. We love you and we're thankful for such an awesome God. Even when you say no. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, I, I used to hate. Hate is a strong word. And some of us don't hear it enough in church. But I used to hate when my parents would tell me no. Especially when my parents would tell me no. You can't play right now with your friends. You have to do homework. No, you can't have the whole dozen donuts, Alan. You only can have one. But by the looks of things, by my physique, that didn't happen much, but still too much for my liking. But growing up, we all face adversity, and we all have certain things that we want to do. We all have dreams and aspirations that we want. For example, most of us want to get married one day. Most of us want to be parents one day. I said most. I didn't say all. I said most. And we want to be alive to see our children get married. We want to be grandparents. We want to be aunties, uncles. We want our children to grow up. And we want them to be God-fearing. And we want them to learn from our mistakes. We want a good career that also pays the bill. But something that we enjoy to go to every single day. And we want to live a long and healthy life. We don't want to go to hospital visits. We don't want to see doctors. I'm thankful for them, but I hate seeing them. But something that is extremely challenging for us believers is what? When God says probably the most powerful two-letter word, no, or not yet to us. It makes us question if God loves us. For some of us, if God still exists, if God really cares for us, he would say yes to everything. Why would God allow this to happen to us is what we're asked several different times. For example, when I first was in pain 18 and 18, 13 years ago, I went to my mom and I asked her, why me? I said, why me? Why do I have to deal with all this pain? She didn't know when I first asked her. She said, son, I have no answer for you. But I do know, years later, she knew what God was doing and that he does have a purpose and plan for my life, even in this chair as I'm sitting here today. And it's to be a vessel for our Lord and Savior. 
a way different route than I ever expected and I ever wanted. But if it means to help further the kingdom of heaven and to help be a vessel for the Lord, then that's what I'll do. My wife, I remember I was having a really rough day and I I shared with her, babe, I, I don't do this much, but why am I have to be in so much pain still, I asked Brittany. She looked me straight in the face. I will never forget. And she looked me directly in the face and she said, babe, if it wasn't for the wheelchair and the pain, then you wouldn't have the story that you would have. And you wouldn't have the testimony you would. And on top of that, you wouldn't be the man of God you are today because you told me that so. And if it wasn't for God saying no, not yet, you wouldn't be sharing your testimony and putting on conferences to tell people to keep moving forward. God is and has used you. This is what Brittany continues to say. More like this than if he were to use you if you were walking physically but not walking spiritually for God. And when my lovely wife shares this with me, it felt like I just got slapped in the face. Because exactly what I needed to hear. It was so encouraging. She pushed me to keep moving forward and she recharged my batteries that day. And reminds me, I can't just tell others to persevere, but I got to do the same. And when the race seems impossible for most of us, I'm reminded of a passage that I want to read to you today. And I hope it encourages you as it is encouraged myself. Matthew 6.10 says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now what this passage means is this world has a lot of tragedies. But God wants us to spend time reflecting on the pain and the sorrow of this broken world around us. Around us so we could vividly see the desire and the need for our Lord and Savior, for Jesus Christ, to come back one day for us so we can have a kingdom that will have peace, joy, and freedom with no money or pain anymore. I believe every single one of us can relate to this here today. So many times we thank God for what he has done. But here today I'm here to share with you the hardest thing, one of the hardest things, We don't thank God when he says no to our prayers. Most of us don't. It goes against everything we've taught, everything that we're learned, everything that pastors say, everything that we've learned in Bible study is to not thank God for what he's done. But I'm here to share with you that we should thank God for even these challenges because Christ knows what he's doing to mold us into a better believer. What God is teaching me is that we don't always have to like or understand what God is doing. We don't. But maybe God's no is a yes to victory in life. Maybe it's a yes in victory in life. Maybe God's no makes you a better you. Maybe God's no leads you to a path of obedience Maybe God's no leads you down to a path of appreciation. Maybe God's no is testing your patience, your faith, your trust, and your will. And maybe God's no is allowing you not to take life for granted anymore like you used to. Because maybe God's no is teaching you what real faith really is. Maybe God's no is allowing you to walk with him and instead of walking away from him. And relying on yourself. 
Maybe God's no is teaching you to fully submit everything that you have to God. That's what maybe God's no is for us, Lord. To shape us, to reform us, to transfer our lives. Because I'm here to share with you that God doesn't waste the trial. God, as I share many times, is in the forming you in his image business. And in order to do that, we will be told no several, several times and not given everything we ask for. If we received everything we asked for and everything that we wanted from God, then our faith and our trust would not grow because it wouldn't grow because everything we asked for would be expected and we would receive. We should be thankful for the pillow we have to sleep on, for the bed that we have, for the roof that we have, for the finances that we have. It shouldn't be expected. We are God's children, and he's our father. And we don't learn anything if God just gives us everything that we want. God sent his one and only son on the cross for our sins so we could have everlasting life with him. John 3.16, you guys know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son that with him, son with him that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So what God has taught me, and is still teaching me, okay? He's still working on my heart for this. If he doesn't do one other thing for me, he has saved me. I deserve hell. But because of the cross, because of the pain and the torment that Jesus did, he gave me a chance and heaven. And if he doesn't do one more thing for me in my life, I have hope in eternal life. I have peace and I have comfort knowing that when I take my last breath here on earth, that God will say the biggest yes I will ever receive on this earth, it will outweigh anything, and that is by entering the kingdom of heaven. So even if God says no to all of your wants, all of your dreams, all your desires, aspirations, whatever the case may be, remember that Jesus saved you. He saved me. He's forgiven you and will give you the greatest yes, as I just explained, ever. If you accept him, believe in him, choose to live and follow his lead. Not your own lead. For us here today who are in a relationship or have been in a relationship, we can get an amen. We're in church. God knows what's up. We're not going to agree with our spouses on everything. Come on. We are not going to agree with them, with everything. For example, us husbands, we go into the fridge. The wife just put back the eggs exactly where she wants them to be. She puts the milk back exactly where she wants them to be. So me, Alan Schwartz, thinking, what's the big deal if I move them a quarter inch to the right, quarter inch to the left? Oh, no, it's World War III, though, when I do that. Those are some of our arguments, as you would say. Us men could attest to that, can't we? We don't think it's a big deal. There will be disagreements and even arguments that we have in any relationship. And this also goes towards our relationship with God. We may not understand what he's doing. Why he's doing it. Or why he's doing it in the matter he's doing it in. 
or why he had to wait so long or simply why God said no. And we may get mad at God and question God and what he's doing. But when I find myself doing this, I ask the Lord what he wants me to learn from every single trial, from every single obstacle he has me on. And sometimes the trials that are actually destroying us are actually meant for us to learn something from them and to grow. Sometimes the trials aren't meant to destroy us, but we have allowed them to destroy us. James 1, 2 through 4, one of my favorite Bible verses, wasn't at the time I first read it. Extremely challenging how I came up with the Perseverance Conference name. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. It doesn't say sometimes, but it says whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That's what Christianity means. Christianity Christianity means to be Christ-like. It's easy to be that way when you come home from a summer camp, a winter camp, and you're like, I just got saved. I'm on fire for the Lord. This is awesome. But then trials come your way. And you're like, okay, that was just one. Now I'm going to two funerals. Now I'm seeing some doctors at some hospital visits. Now my parents aren't doing good financially. Now their marriage isn't doing good. What are you doing, Lord? I can't do this anymore. What do you do when you're in the fire? What is it that you do? Can we try something different this morning? Can we try our absolute best to continue to persevere because we want to be more like God? Continue to move forward even when God says no. Can we try that today? Because you worked all year long, if someone asked you, what is it that you wanted to work on? You said your faith. You said your trust. You said your patience. You said, I want to be more God-like. So you worked all year on these different areas of your life and walk with Christ. On staying stronger. On having a better attitude. On being nicer to people at Walmart. And I'm not going to allow these obstacles to defeat me. Now, they may hinder me for a little bit. For a while, but not for long, before I get stronger, faster, braver, and a more mature Christian. I was blind, but now I see. You never leave me. You never forsake me. God is our refuge. He's our strength. He's our strong tower. I want to get to a place. I want to get to a place, I said, where I want Jesus wants for my life. Again, I want to get to a place where I could say I want what Jesus wants. For my life, more than what I want for my life, no matter how hard it is and no matter what obstacles I will face to get there and come my way. For example, none of you know this except for my mother and father who's here today as well as my in-laws. But when Brittany was about seven or eight weeks pregnant, we had a doctor's office visit. We saw the nurse assistant, Michelle, and... She said, Alan and Brittany, we see the sack, the gestational sack, but there's no baby. I said, well, we're going to pray and believe that there's a baby in there. 
I remember fear came over me. And Brittany, I remember I was, I was terrified. I was scared. I wanted to be a father. I thought, but Lord, what is it that you're teaching us? I, I still believe that there's a baby in there, though, Lord. And, and they said, come back in a week. Brittany, you have to do blood work immediately. Come back in a week. And when I said this to Michelle, she seemed fried and like, well, I don't see a baby. You can keep praying. But, but my faith had to grow. And a week felt like five years, guys, not going to lie to you. It felt like an eternity. We go back to the hospital, to the appointment, to the doctor's office. And my mom, I remember Brittany saw her right before the doctor's office. She's like, hon, how are you holding up? Brittany's like, honestly, we're holding up pretty good because no matter the outcome, even if, God forbid, there's no baby inside, that's God's will. And we're going to have to be okay with it. It's going to be challenging. It's going to be rough. But we're okay with it. I said, yeah, hon, you're right. But I'm still scared. So as we go to the doctors, uh, the doctor actually takes the ultrasound. Right away, within five seconds, he's like, there's the heartbeat. There's the baby. Praise the Lord. What I'm getting at, though is this. There's been a lot of people uncertain, even at this church, have miscarriages, lost close people, including myself. I've lost a ton of people in my life that have been very close. But with that being said, if God did say no that day, yeah, it would have been challenging. It would have been frightening. It would have been very hard. But I still trust that God would have made that something good for his purpose and plan. And I want what God's will is, no matter the outcome. I want God's will for my life. You know, this also happened in the Word of God. This happened, for example, in 2 Samuel chapter 7. David wants to build a temple for the Lord. And God says no. He's like, great job, but no. When something is good on our hearts and God closes the door, several of us probably think, It's because God doesn't love us, he doesn't care about us anymore, or he must have done something wrong to what? Deserve this. God's punishing us. But 2 Samuel 2, it says, he said to Nathan, here, the prophet, here I am living in a house of cedar while the ark of God remains in a tent. And during this chapter, we're taught that David even had the right concern. He had the right goal. He had the right heart. And he even had the right motive. First one I want to explain to you is the right concern as David is living comfortably right now. Very comfortable life. And so he looks around and how much he spends on his own comfort. Then he looks around how much he's given to God. And the disproportion is huge. It's huge. So David, in return, wants to use all the resources that the Lord gave David to honor God. Secondly, as I said earlier, this is also the right goal. As 2 Samuel 7, 5 says, go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord says. Are you the one to build me a house to dwell in? You can all attest to this. There's nothing wrong with wanting to build a temple for the Lord. In fact, I'm sure you all can agree that that was a great idea. And that was awesome, David, to do, wanting to do such a great thing for the Lord. Thirdly, this is the right heart that David had. In fact, God even gave 
credit to David for his mindset and for his heart and wanting to do such an awesome thing for him. It tells us in First King 8.18, it says, But the Lord said to my father David, You did well to have it in your heart to build a temple for my name. And the fourth step was the right motive. David had the right motive. As we look back in uh, verse 2, it says, He said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am, living in a house of cedar, while the ark of God remains in the tent. So he tells Nathan his concerns, and Nathan tells him, Go do it. Build it. What might surprise you on the same night that occurs, God says once again a word we hate to hear. He says, no, no, but I'm here to share with you. Yes, God even says no to those things that bring him glory. I remember before I started the Perseverance Conferences, it was probably a few years before that, I kept wanting to do these conferences. I was like, but Lord, it's to glorify you. He's like, that's cool, but not yet until a few years later. But he said not yet, and that was hard for me. He didn't say no, but he shut the door temporarily. Now, why did David give the opportunity to Solomon instead of David? Because it wasn't God's will. Simple, it wasn't God's will for David to build the tent. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of this law. The thing is, much like our life, God did not want David to build the temple for God, but he had a different purpose and plan for his life. Now, how... Do you respond when God completely shuts a door that you really wanted like David? When God shuts the doors, he wants your faith and trust to grow even more. God is saying, it may not be what you want, but what I want for you might be different. But I know As Jesus, as your father, and you as my son, what's best for you since I knew you before you were ever thought of. As the Bible says in Jeremiah 1.5, it says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I even set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Therefore, I think Jesus knows what we need to sharpen our Christian walk more than we even know for ourselves. Notes, you guys, when God says no, your faith will be tested. I put in these three ways because, like I say all the time, I'm Italian. I can keep talking, keep going. But I'll just put three ways. First one in your notes, how well do you really love God? This reminds me of Matthew 22, 37. It says, love the Lord your God With all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Next in your notes, if you could write this down. The circumstances might be really difficult, but it won't change the way I love God. The circumstances might be really difficult, but it won't change the way I love God. It won't change the outlook I have on life. 
In fact, it will allow my faith and walk to grow. If you want something different from me, then I'm ready, Lord. For whatever you want from me, I'm here. God's no to David led to David's yes. He, it led to David's yes by God, which was better for his life, and led to David to establish peace by subduing the enemies. And God used David in a different way, and actually David was okay with it. The great thing is, if God chose David to build the temple and Solomon to subdue the enemies, it wouldn't have worked because that was not the purpose that God had for either one of them. Solomon wouldn't have been able to subdue the enemies, and David wouldn't have been able to build the temple. When God closes a door on us, on you, me, sometimes being good or bad, I urge you to ask the Lord, what is it that he's trying to teach you? Is it patience? Is it trust? Is it freedom? Is it deliverance? Is it forgiveness? God's no may lead you to a greater yes than you ever anticipated. Follow God's lead and his door that he chooses for you and your life. Because you may think what is a failure may be a great opportunity for you to serve the Lord. To be a motivational speaker always doesn't mean you're the best speaker. To be a motivational speaker doesn't mean that your life is always pretty. In fact, a lot of times, your life is more messed up and broken than those that aren't a motivational speaker. You could be a teacher. It doesn't mean you're the smartest kid in class, but you worked your tail off. You worked your tail off. You gave it 110%, and you like helping children out. And God is blessing you with this opportunity. Whatever your job is here today, whatever the career is that you have today, give it 110% because it's a job. A lot of people you see outside, they don't have jobs because they're homeless. They don't have jobs. Look at life in a different manner. Trust me, you're more blessed than you thought you were before you came here today. You have more than you ever expected here today. And that's heaven waiting for us. But in the meantime, be a good shepherd, be a vessel, and be loving for God. Because he loves you. Even with all the garbage, all the trash, and everything that we do to God, he still loves us. He still thought that Jesus was worth enough to get beaten, broken for our sins so we could join heaven one day with our Lord and Savior. He loves you, and he loves me. And in return, we should love him back. When God says no to your faith, it will be tested. And most likely, like that day when I found out about our daughter now to be, fear will most likely overtake your body. Secondly, in your notes, how well do you love others? Mark 12, 30, 31 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And with all your strength, the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself, because there is no commandment greater than these. So check this out. That would mean that we would have the same love for our brothers, sisters, friends, if they received 
the blessings that we wanted, yet they received it. You've been praying for a new car, they got a new car. You've been praying for a house, they got a house. You've been praying for health, they got a health. They got a health miracle. You've been praying for a new career, they got a new career. We need to stop being envious of them. And we need to show them our love, our support, and be thankful for what they have and thankful for what we have. And stop being envious because there will be no unity that way. Imagine a church the size of 10 people. They had the same joy to see other churches have 10,000 people and not be envious of them. And imagine a soccer team be happy for their teammate who scored when they haven't scored all season. I know for me being an athlete, that would be very hard. Now imagine, honestly, the unity we would have if we loved others the way that we're called to love. Man, it would be a lot different. This world would be a lot different. Our walk with Christ would be a lot different. Now thirdly, this is in your notes, the last one. Then I'll stop rambling on. How well do you understand grace? You and I are brothers and sisters in Christ. Yet we do nothing to deserve it. But because of God's grace, he allows us to walk with him. We can therefore trust God with all of our hearts because he is perfect. Don't worry about a shut door because God's open doors sometimes, I said sometimes, are greater than those he shut. Do not allow your circumstances to tell us how we should act. Sometimes we act off impulse. Sometimes we act off of our situation, our circumstances that we're going through. Instead of knowing that God is still in control, I may not understand, I may not like this, but I'm not going to blame God. I'm still going to trust him, but I'm going to question him and ask him why so I can learn something from it. Because of God's grace. We're allowed into the greatest open door ever if we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior by going to heaven one day. You won't ever have to worry about a no. Man, God is so good all the time. All the time God is good. We say that all the time. But can we believe it? Can we trust it when he says no? When we lose someone so close to us, can we do that? Are we able to get to a place where we say, Lord, man, I, I miss them a lot. I love them. I miss talking to them every single day, once a week. I miss seeing them. But can we get to a place where we say, fine, Lord, this is very difficult, but I trust you. I trust your plan. You may have a job right now that's hurting to pay the bills. And you're thinking, but man, I love my job. I don't want to find a new one. At least you have a resume built up where you can find a new one. What I'm here to share with you and end with you is this. That God never does leave us and he never does forsake us. Even though at times it feels like he does. Even though at times it feels like he does. At this point in time, I'm going to ask Patrick and the worship team to come up. Um, I want to do things a little differently. Um, if you guys could close your eyes. Patrick comes up and the worship team, I, I thank you for them. If we can get them a hand for a second. Um, as you guys close your eyes now, bow your heads. With every eye closed, 
you guys could raise your hands if you want to have a better relationship with Christ and you believe that when God says no, you're going to have more patience and you're going to continue to persevere. May you raise your hand. Awesome. Now, God bless all you guys for raising your hands for your courage. Now I'm going to ask if Gary could come up front. I'm going to ask if Frank could come up front and if Roy in the back, if he could come up front. And again, with every hand rose, Lord, I'm going to pray. And after this prayer, Lord, if they would be able to come up and just ask for any prayer request that they may have, maybe a baptism for the very first time, maybe someone came into this building, didn't know you, but they want to have a relationship with you, I urge them to come up to and stay. As I'm going to say one last word after Patrick sings this one last song, I'll close the service so you guys can get out of here. Have a great day. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the things that we do have. And yes, we may not have the most awesome life. We may not have the most fancy car, the biggest house. But man, do we serve the greatest Father ever. Lord, we might be coming here today from a broken family. A family that doesn't get along. A family who's on the brink of divorce. A family who has an atheist, Lord. But man, Lord, you're a great father. Lord, you know the wants and desires of our hearts and our needs. But Lord, may your promises, Lord, may your will be greater and surpass everything that we can ever, ever think of, Lord. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity for people to come up, show boldness in their faith, their walk, Lord, to ask for prayer right now, Lord. As I go in the front, Lord, I, I, I thank you for this awesome church family, that they would receive the words that the Holy Spirit pierced in their hearts, not me. I thank you for this opportunity to serve, Lord. I thank you for another day of life here on earth that isn't guaranteed. May we not take it for granted. May we not take our walking for granted. Our days when we don't feel pain for granted, Lord. May we not take our beds that we sleep in for granted, Lord. The food that we have to eat. The breath in our lungs, Lord. The children that we have. The health that we have. And in Jesus' powerful name we pray. And all God's children say, Amen.